an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. It's the crossover Sports Illustrated's NBA show. Breaking down the latest news, rumors, and everything in between. Here's your host, Chris Mannix and Rohan Nakrani. All right, well, I guess today, Rohan Nakrani, SI.com, SI staff writer. Uh, today is as good a day as any to have a bonus podcast. We were not planning to podcast on Thursday because, you know, the Western Conference finals have been over for a couple of days. The Eastern Conference Finals rolls into Game 5 tonight in Boston, so there really wasn't a ton to talk about on Thursday. I'm glad I injected myself into <laughs> that news cycle and enraged all of Colorado in the process. Uh, to recap what Thursday has been, uh, I woke up, I'm on the West Coast, uh, I woke up and uh, saw a torrent of tweets about uh, a an interview I did on the Rich Eisen show. This was on Wednesday when I was in the studio with Rich Eisen. And Rich Eisen asked me why the Nuggets weren't respected. Why was Michael Malone talking about respecting Nikola Jokic and respecting what the Nuggets have done? And I said to Rich, and I'll kind of paraphrase myself here, uh, I said, the Nuggets can't play the disrespect card. They can't play the nobody believes in us card because Nikola Jokic is a two-time MVP. That's an award voted by the media. Michael Malone is consistently in the top five of most media members' coach of the year ballot, including mine. Um, and the Nuggets, I mean, I saw some, 
I'm not going to get too deep into specifics, but some people <laughs> like nobody, nobody believed in the Nuggets this year. Okay, right. Nobody picked the number one seed to come out of the West. Sure, uh, I'm sure that's that's true. Um, you know, Rich followed it up with, you know, and I, I well, actually I followed it up by saying what the card the Nuggets can play is nobody talks about us, which is true. Uh, the Nuggets are not a sexy team to talk about, at least haven't been in the second half of the season when they've been racking up wins and running away with the Western Conference. In the second half of the season, the teams that we were talking about are, as always, the Lakers, who are going through a roller coaster ride from start to finish, the Phoenix Suns, which made a major trade at the deadline to bring in one of the biggest stars uh, in the game, uh, we talked about the Celtics and the ebbs and flows that they've had during their season. And, and those were the, the primary story. The Clippers, too, were, were part of that mm-hmm. news cycle because Kawhi's in, Kawhi's out. Does it really matter? Are they going to be able to put the pieces together uh, and make a run? The Nuggets, in part because of their success, were not front burner because really since midseason, they've been rolling along, mm-hmm. uh, sitting, I think I don't know what the date was, but it's been a while they were at the top of the Western Conference. So we weren't talking about them front of mind. Uh, people got offended by that, by me saying they weren't as interesting, that the Jamal Murray story wasn't as interesting, the Michael Porter Jr. story wasn't as interesting. Um, and again, this is where it gets kind of cut off. I said at least not as interesting as what these teams right. were doing at the uh, end of the year. So you saw the clip, Rowan. You saw the backlash on social media. Before I get to my full-throated defense of myself. Uh, what did you think of it all? Yeah, so, you know, Chris, like a good colleague, I actually watched your Rich Eisen interview yesterday because I was like, look at Mannix. I think you were on Dan Patrick's show too. He's making the rounds. Let me check it out. I watched the whole thing. I guess part of it is because I work with you. Like, we we talk about the Nuggets also a lot on this podcast. I wasn't, like, taken aback by it, and I was a little surprised to see the clip blow up as much as it did uh, this morning. And I, again, I, I have the benefit of knowing you, knowing the stories you've written over the course of the entire season. So I, I come in with it a lot. My perspective is a little bit different than the people who are seeing the clip on Twitter. But to me, I, I don't think you were insulting the nuggets as much as you were kind of getting to what drives NBA conversation. And you know, people come at us and say, well, isn't it on you guys to drive the conversation? We try. Okay, we try. I mean, you've written stories about John Wall. You did your cover story about the Celtics. Like, I tweeted today about the well, Nuggets. Yeah, let me, let, me just, yeah. let me just jump in there, like, yeah. with, with, the, with, with, with the coverage stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've leaned into the Lakers a lot over the last couple of months. Uh, I do write, have written a lot about the Celtics because I'm largely based in Boston. And that's mm-hmm. the team I see uh, more often than not. But you know, one of the benefits that we have in our specific jobs is that we kind of work two of them, right? Like we mm-hmm. write for the web uh, a lot of days, but we also are able to do magazine stories. And mm-hmm. in the magazine, over the last I don't know, three or four months, I have written about the behind-the-bench coaches who are charged with deciding whether or not to signal a challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have written about Donovan Mitchell's impact with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have written about Shea Gildress-Alexander and the run that he went on in Oklahoma City. 
not big market stories, not Lakers, not Celtics, not content producing things. So the idea that I'm only writing about the Lakers or the Celtics or Houston or not Houston, Phoenix or uh, the Clippers is just not accurate, to be fair. And yeah, and I think that's I think you're getting to the point of I think what all this is about and what is very difficult to explain on Twitter, which is. We cannot control all the media that people consume. And I understand if you're a Nuggets fan, like you might be a little frustrated. You know, they didn't have last year, they didn't have a Christmas game. But like you mentioned, like Jokic has won two MVPs. Our SI's written about them a lot over the last few years. Many national outlets have written about them a lot over the last few years. And to your point, like we had Steph Curry and LeBron James for the last two months of the season fighting it out for a playoff spot as great as Nikola Jokic is like those stories are very compelling. And, and I think the point that you're ultimately trying to make is that's what gets responded to when we write. Like I say, this is someone who's written about the nuggets many times. Like I know for a fact, the that, story, that's the other I part wrote, of this too. Yeah. That's the other part of this too. You and I are, are colleagues at sports illustrated. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're ignoring the Nuggets. You're writing <laughs> right. about them. You've right. written about Aaron Gordon. You've written about Contavious Caldwell-Pope. You've written about Nikola Jokic, just to name a few mm-hmm. of the Nuggets stories that you've written. At how it works is with you writing them, I'm not right. going to follow up with the exact same story. That's just right. the way it goes. Right. And frankly, like, do those stories, are they, are they doing as well? Are they, uh, you know, are they sweeping? Are they grabbing people's attentions as much? I don't know. I'm not saying that's a, not a reason to do them. We do them for a reason. We, we and you both like the NBA. That's why you wrote about Shea and the behind-the-bench coaches. Like, there are lots of interesting angles, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I think it's a little disingenuous for some of the people who are, like, really, really upset to ignore the fact that the compelling thing about the Western Conference in particular for most of the season was how the historical greats in that conference, whether it was KD joining in February, Steph LeBron, we're all on footing we've never seen them before. And like like I said, when I watched the interview, I, I thought that was the point you were making was that was what was interesting about the season was, is Steph Curry going to be in the play-in? Is LeBron going to make the playoffs? Uh, what's going to happen with the Suns adding Kevin Durant? Like, um, It's not a zero-sum game either, like you mentioned. Like we, We're doing all of it. We're trying to do all of it. Trying to do all of it, and... I think succeeding for the most part because we are writing about big storylines with the Nuggets. And the Nuggets, look, as they sit here a week before going into the NBA Finals, they can play the card that nobody's talking about us. Mm-hmm. Like, they can play that because and they have been. <laughs> you turn on TV. Look, the Nuggets won in a four-game sweep against the Los Angeles Lakers the other day. And within, like, two hours... The story had shifted from Nuggets win to is LeBron going to retire? And no media outlet in the world is going to cover the Nuggets win over the possibility that arguably the greatest player in NBA history has played his last game. Look, it's as simple as that. It's not going to happen. It's going to, it's a much bigger story in that moment that LeBron James is at least hinting at the possibility uh, of retirement. It has nothing to do with how good the Nuggets are. The Nuggets are a great team, and they have some great stories. Jamal Murray coming back from a torn ACL and missing the entire season is a great story. Michael Porter Jr. overcoming back injuries and becoming the player that he is is a great story. Nikola Jokic 
not only winning the two MVPs, but kind of dealing with what he had to deal with in the final month or two of the season where hmm. race was injected into the MVP conversation, where Jokic's defense was lampooned pretty nightly. Uh, he is a story. The fact that he has zoomed past his quote-unquote peers, which are Joel Embiid and Giannis Tendekumpo in the MVP ballot, they're a story. But in terms of the second half of the season, like you're just not going to write about a Nuggets team that's cruising along over these other storylines, which are more pressing in that moment, and which frankly you know, are, are where the audience is in that moment. And that's part of what we're doing in this job. Mm-hmm. We're going where the audience is, and that's where Clippers, Suns, Lakers, to a lesser degree Celtics, that's where they were in those moments. For sure. And again, to like... You know, we we talk about, again, like, are people seeing everything? We literally went on this podcast earlier this week, me, you, and Herring, to talk about how we think Nikola Jokic is the best player in the world. We led that show talking we about the it. Nuggets. Yes, we led even though, Nikola Jokic. Even, even though LeBron made the comments that he made. We talk about Jokic on this podcast almost every single week. I've, I've again, you've been in L.A. and Boston covering those two teams. I've written about the Nuggets several times during these playoffs, uh, including, you know, about Jokic being on a great run, how him and Murray are the best duo in the league, uh, including how they've answered all the questions that people had about them. So that stuff is out there, you know, and, and it's not like we're trying to bury it. We want, we, I would love if everyone saw every Nuggets story I wrote, but... There, there's a degree to which you and I can also only control who's seeing what and, you know, again, how people are consuming the work we do at Sports Illustrated, which, again, which is why, like, when I, I, I watched the interview in its entirety and it wasn't, like, shocking. I didn't, I didn't even think it was controversial to be, like, the Warriors and Lakers were massive stories. And, you know, when it's also, like... Massive stories. People talk about the... Massive stories. It would, people, be, it would be journalistic malpractice not to write about... What's happening in Golden State over the final two months of the season? How the Lakers are meshing or not meshing over the final two months of the season? How the Suns are coming together in the aftermath of a Durant trade that gutted the roster? Like, you've got to cover these things. You've got to write about these things. Of course, people are like, well, you're going to be writing about the Nuggets now? Well, yeah, there are right now three teams left in the NBA playoffs, and the Nuggets are one of them. We're going to be writing about them. And for the record, like, I've got something larger that involves the Nuggets coming out, maybe not during the finals because it's connected to a particular event, but Mm -hmm. one thing I've been working with the Nuggets on over the last month, month and a half. So we're going to be writing about them. But the reason the Nuggets are not covered or have not been covered to the degree that they would probably like and would probably deserve is because they didn't have a lot of the things that were happening that people wanted to know about, that people wanted to read about. It's a credit to them. They have been a model of consistency for most of the last few years. Kept their coach, kept their roster, drafted incredibly well. Even when Tim Conley left, they maintained continuity in that front office, mm-hmm. bringing up Calvin Booth, uh, Booth promoting uh, Tommy Bilchettis. Like, they have done a fantastic job, and that deserves, you know, applause. But as far as covering them, it just... <laughs> there are other things you have to cover, too. And there are right. other things that are more compelling in that moment. And like a huge undercurrent of all of this is when we talk about guys like LeBron, for example, or Steph, they are a lot different than Jokic. And I love Jokic. I've I've written about him for years. He's my favorite player to watch in the league. I think one of the last national interviews he did 
was with Sports Illustrated when I went out to Denver last March. But that's another part of the problem. Like, LeBron and Steph are so much more front-facing than the Nuggets stars. Um, And, you know, part of that is, you know, people. it's a chicken-and-the-egg conversation. People say, oh, those guys aren't bigger stars because the media won't cover them. But they're also not bigger stars because, like, and this is, I think, what makes Jokic unique, but he is not, you know, dropping breadcrumbs in his press conferences like LeBron. He he doesn't want the media coverage. Like, he in the way that I think Steph works for a famously very media-friendly uh, organization, and that's not to discredit, I think, what the Nuggets PR team does. I think they're fantastic. I love working with them. Um, and I'm sure they would love if Joker... Uh, went out and did a bunch of interviews to get his profile up, but and like, it's that's not, another it's not kind of about, issue here. It's not just about Jokic. It's not. It's not even about that, right? Like mm-hmm. the athlete or the player I've written the most about in the magazine over the last, I want to say, eight years has been Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, I've written about when he was on the rise in San Antonio, when things were on the rocks for him in San Antonio, and I wrote about him in the magazine during that one year uh, in Toronto. Kawhi Leonard granted me maybe like 90 seconds of access. Total. Total 90 seconds. When you, don't have, when you have an athlete that's not going to give you something, it's your responsibility to work around him, to interview mm-hmm. his teammates, to interview people that know him. I'm fine with that. In fact, more often than not, I prefer to do stories that way because I think you get an unvarnished version of the truth uh, mm-hmm. when you do it without athlete participation. Athlete participation is great, and I'll take it when I can get it, but writing around a guy is not a problem. So that, that's not even it. It's just like, you know, when we're, you do one Jokic story, and look, that's good. You do a Jamal Murray story. Right. You, know, you do right. like you did Aaron Gordon. You do Kadavius Caldwell Pope. Right. That's fine. But over since February on, the Nuggets have not been a, pri- a big story. They haven't. They've been really good, and maybe you can write more about how good they are, but the chief storylines were Lakers, Suns, Clippers, Celtics, Knicks, you know, those teams out there with a level of dysfunction to them for sure. Right. And this also, like, the Nuggets have ended up making the finals, but if you think about it, it's like Milwaukee was in a similar boat this year. Like, they've been good for a few years. Down the stretch, they had the number one seed. We weren't, like, driving home the Bucks stories, and that's not to say, again, we talked about them on podcasts, etc., but it's uh, the nature of storytelling. Like if we really want to get into it is it's when things are on an even keel, when things are going well, that's often when teams are kind of the least exciting to dig into. Like we want to dig into, um, you know, teams that have a lot to lose players that have a lot to lose players at crossroads, et cetera. Um, which again, I took to be the point that you were making, uh, in that clip, which is why it's been, you well, know, because the clip of, was longer than, I mean, the clip was longer than just the three minutes. Like, the initial right. topic was, has Nikola Jokic proven he's the best player in the game? Or is Nikola Jokic the best player in the game? The mm-hmm. answer is a resounding yes right now. He's the best player in the NBA. I said Jamal Murray's the breakout star of these playoffs. Uh, and, and he has been electric for this team, especially in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Nuggets are not disrespected. They are not disrespected. They are, they ha- they are well rewarded for their success, as evidenced by Nikola Jokic and Michael Malone. Uh, they're just not covered in the same way. And also, this year. Also, I just want to say, you and I cannot control what's being talked about on sports debate shows, on NBA halftime shows, on pregame shows. That's out of our purview. I would love if those, with those massive, massive platforms, they did more yeah, to talk about yeah. Jokic's greatness. But again, that's, a, well, that's another looking, thing that's completely out of our like, control. It's not even... W- 
it's not even exclusive to the the Nuggets. I mean, the Heat have gotten the same treatment. The Heat beat New right, York, absolutely. And the ESPN post game show was all about the Knicks and how Julius Randle's terrible. And the next day story was all about the Knicks and what do they do to change the weather. Things up. The weather in um, Miami was a storyline. Like the weather in Miami. I mean, that was an incredible storyline. It just happens yeah. the way it goes. Just just to put a button on this, the biggest problem the Nuggets have with that's uh, exposure. I would say coverage is the fact that they're, they're not on the number one cable provider in the state of Colorado. I mean, mm-hmm. Altitude is not on Comcast, if I'm still reading that correctly at this point. Not since 2019. I think that's a bigger issue than national media ignoring them. Uh, they're being ignored by a, the largest cable provider and not being shown to a large chunk of their fan base. That, to me, is the biggest issue the Nuggets have to deal with right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, you know, it starts with, and again, I... I've, yeah, I've written about the Nuggets. I credit their fans. They have local outlets trying to do a great job. Mike Singer, who we both know, I think does a great job for the Denver Post covering that team. But yes, it, it, one thing that would go a very long way for that team certainly would just be get on TVs in their local market. It absolutely starts there. And kind of the another thing we haven't discussed that's, again, I don't think we're going to be able to unpack the intricacies, intricacies of it right now. Like, has the NBA done a good enough job of putting Jokic front and center? Last year they didn't give him a Christmas game. They did this year, but they're not they're not a team that's even shown nationally enough. So there are just so many factors that could go into it that, you know, Manix, as much as we butt heads on this podcast, I know how hard you work that it does bother me that people <laughs> think like you're against the idea of, of covering certain teams. I know that not to be the case. I know that not to be the case because oftentimes I pitch stories on guys I want to write about and they're like, Manix is talking to this person. So I just want to get that out there. I'm fine with any legitimate <laughs> criticism. But if uh, if you think... Look, put it this way. If the Nuggets sweep either the Heat or the Celtics and LeBron retires that night, <laughs> I'm writing about LeBron. Yeah. that I mean, look, that's just a bigger deal. It just is. It's a bigger deal if the all-time great, arguably the greatest player of all time, retires. That's just the way it goes. And, you know... It's not that the Nuggets don't have great stories. It's just that for the moment and for the last couple of months, they haven't been as interesting as the teams that have been going through a lot in the final two or three months of the season. So I'm sorry, Colorado fans. I wish you luck in the NBA Finals, whether you play the uh, Heat or the Celtics. And you're probably going to win because that is, I think, the best team left in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, Jokic is dominant. Mm-hmm. Murray is great. They've got depth. Uh, they're built to win. They're built to Real- win. Real quick, while we're here, I just want to know because I, I was actually going to text you about it. Are you are you feeling good about the Celtics? There's, it feels like there's something up in this Celtics Heat series, doesn't it? Uh maybe. Uh, you know, a lot of people listening to this will already know the outcome of Game Five. The Celtics catch a huge break, I think, with Gabe Vincent mm-hmm. being out. He was what's he seventeen and a half points per game, shooting fifty eight percent, fifty percent on threes, three. full of threes. Yeah, that, that's a huge loss. I, I don't think Eric Spolsch is going to go deeper into his bench either. I'm not sure who, who he would go to at this point. I think you're going to see Kyle Lowry play a lot more minutes, Jimmy Butler play a lot more minutes, if that's even possible. You know, for these guys, uh, Duncan Robinson might get stretched out some more. Max Struess get stretched out some more. Uh, that certainly favors the Celtics. I think my my guess, and this could be a take that is stale and bad by the time this podcast is listened to by a lot of people, I think this comes down to Game 6 in Miami. I think Game mm-hmm. 6 suddenly becomes, for the Heat anyway, you know, a Game 7. I don't think they can go back to Boston and win a right. Game 7 with the Celtics having that kind of momentum. Um, and with Vincent out, I like the Celtics in Game 6. I do. 
Sorry. See, we just I'm did it. We there. were talking about the Nuggets, and, yeah. we, pivoted, and we pivoted to the Celtics. <laughs> we, just, we just did everything the Nuggets fans were mad about. Oh. Thanks for listening, everybody. I picked Heat and Six, so I'm riding with it. I just had to know. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.